Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, but also getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. You can find the link to our playlist in the show notes. Welcome to episode 99. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Wade McNeil, the Canadian musician known for his work in Alexis on Fire and Gallows, is releasing his new solo project tomorrow, entitled Doom's Children. In today's episode, we're speaking with Wade about the new record, sounding like a scuzzed-out Neil Young, and how to get into the Grateful Dead. Here we go. Our guest today is a Canadian musician known for his prolific work across many projects. He's one of the founding members of Alexis on Fire and is the frontman for UK band Gallows. Tomorrow, he releases the debut self-titled record for his new project, Doom's Children. Uh, Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Wade McNeil from Doom's Children. Good evening, sir. How are we? I'm all right. Uh, Thank you very much for your time. Now, uh, it's a bit of an exciting time for yourself. The self-titled record for Doom's Children comes out tomorrow worldwide. Yeah, it's exciting. It's... um... On one hand, it's like I feel like I've never been more open and uh, made a record that is such a current representation of myself um, musically and emotionally. So on one hand, uh, I think it's about as close as I've ever been to being very satisfied with the record. And on the other hand, because it is so much of those things, um, it's also semi-terrifying to put it <laughs> as well. Yeah. I can imagine this um, This record isn't kind of uh, surface-level stuff. You really are going deep and quite raw and honest with this record, which I can imagine is um, you're not new to the the industry you've released quite a lot of music but is this the the most honest do you think you've been yeah i think so i think it's been the most kind of vulnerable i've allowed myself to be in my songwriting and uh and uh you know my hope in doing that is that people can relate to it on a deeper level um but uh uh yeah on this by the same by the same like on the other side of the coin with that um it feels uh i don't know almost like people 
listening to it is almost like voyeuristic as opposed to just like um, listening to a record. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's, a, it's pretty intense at the moment. <laughs> No, that's fair. I can res- I can respect that. the uh, The record itself, I know that um, people might know you from bands like Alexis on Fire, from Gallows, um, and I know that this record, in in kind of some of the songs that were the singles that were released, it almost had like a Grateful Dead kind of vibe, and on that's been referenced. For me, it almost was like a. Um, and I mean, this is meant as a compliment. It's almost like a scuzzier Neil Young in a way. I will take that as a compliment. I love, <laughs> I love that record. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, well, gro- I mean, growing up in my little part of the world, I think uh, uh, you can't. Yeah, we all know those Neil Young records. I mean, he's singing about you know where I grew up. Um, He's from around here and, like, spent his formative years uh, around here. And I think most people's parents have Neil Young records, but it's, like, uh, it's culturally deep in Canada. And um, so I think, you know, even without me probably realizing it, I'm sure that affects my songwriting, just in the fact that that's the basis of especially before I started playing acoustic guitar with more regularity, you know, that's, you know, if I think about what a, a song, a singer songwriter kind of folky song sounds like, you know, that's the blueprint for it. Yeah, definitely. Was this, um, was, I guess, uh, I don't want to say singer songwriter because it's not that either, but, um, in being like, uh, like Grateful Dead, Neil Young, uh, Allman Brothers, was that kind of a genre that you'd always wanted to kind of dip your toe into and, and test the waters with, or was it that you just naturally found uh, the sound that way? I think I found my way there. Um, it's something musically I've always loved, um, yeah. especially being a guitar player, like, you know, all those bands you just name-checked, uh, the guitar playing is out of control on, you know, in all of those bands. So, um, even being someone that gravitated towards like heavier music, that's something I always really loved about all those musicians. But I think I wanted to make this record, um, and kind of go after something that sounded like this more out of, uh, I think personally I was struggling a lot and I, as simplistic as I could maybe start with trying to heal from some of the stuff was, well, maybe I should try and write a nice record. Maybe I can write something a little softer and a little more cozy. And uh, so I think uh, that's maybe what, that's, that is what pushed me to kind of like begin trying to um, make this body of work. Yeah, definitely. It um, if uh, you just mentioned that it was you were going through a difficult time, and if you're okay to talk about it, um, uh, obviously we'd love to, but please let us know if, if not okay. That you were kind of some of these songs were written pre 
rehab and then some post rehab were they originally um were they originally songs to begin with or was it just kind of part of a, a therapy almost and then that it was like oh this could also work as an idea for a music project well i think you know i'm always my you know i've been writing music pretty consistently since i was 16 and so i'm always writing songs but yeah, I think I was looking at this more therapeutically at first, um, even before I think I realized that maybe it was time for me to make some really big changes in my life and and, uh, and yeah, and end up going to like treatment and getting getting sober, getting clean and and uh, trying to you know get to the root of uh, why I've kind of always felt like such a raw nerve. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, just throughout that entire process, I had a guitar with me. And uh, so there was some, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's just more of a concise timeline, I think, than anything else I've worked on because I was, you know, I had a lot to sing about, a lot to write about. And um, the more I did that, I think the songs just kept pouring out. And yeah, it was over a pretty heavy, time that all of this came together and uh but it's like i think uh the songs i was writing at the end of the whole experience i think there's a lot more hope in and so that's like definitely uh makes me happy and even the stuff that's that's you know darker in tone um you know, I had to, to go through it all to end up even being able to write those more hopeful songs. Because, you know, at the, at the beginning, when I said I set out to write something a little bit softer, um, you know, I wanted to write some nice songs because I'd never done that. And uh, what I found is I was writing just these very, very sad, bleak songs that sounded kind of happy musically. Um mm-hmm. But that's a cool thing. I think that there's like a bit of that push and pull on the record of things that, uh, yeah, are, are a little bit more melodic and upbeat, and but very like mournful lyrically, and and that's not what I intended to do at the beginning, but it's just it's what happened, and I'm I like those songs a lot. There are some gorgeous songs on the record, and it is. Um... I'm trying to think of the word because it isn't obviously um, it's not in, it's not enjoyable. To, obviously someone has gone through this pain to be able to produce these songs, but the, the songs do feel like, um, uh, like well lived in, if that kind of makes sense. Like they feel very homely in a way and that they are, there is like a, I feel like there are some songs that are just very, um, stale, flat, whatever, these songs feel like there's a live connection behind it with a person. And I mean, I, I very much tried to, to, you know, I was thinking about that when we were recording it. I recorded them uh, in the order they were written. So mm-hmm. even just kind of going through the songs, singing them and singing these very personal things, um, you know, I really tried to kind of go back to where I was at when I was writing those words and and feel it and and then 
yeah, I mean, it was a very, that was an experience in itself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's more personal to me than anything I've ever written. And so I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you can hear that in it. Yeah. It's, um, it is an incredible body of work. I, I, I wondered for yourself when you revisit it, even I guess now or possibly in the future when taking these songs on tour, like, is there a, um, like a difficulty in kind of revisiting some of these heavy topics or is it more so if you've come to, you've, you've, I guess, used the music as therapy and, and now it's, they're in a better place, if that makes sense? I mean, I'm not quite sure. I'm getting ready. I'm going to start, you know, getting ready next month to uh, to get ready for my first shows. I'm doing a Toronto and Montreal show in early December, which will be the band's first shows. And, uh, yeah, that that is a... It is a strange... It is a strange thing to think about. Is You know, will I be kind of brought back emotionally to where I was at when I was writing those and recording them. And, and I, I think, uh, you know, the most incredible things and that I've missed the most about touring and playing shows is, is that connection where everybody in the room feels really, really linked. And, uh, and, so what I'm hoping for and what I anticipate happening, even though, you know, the subject matter is kind of heavy, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, it's going to be a celebration of all of that and, and a celebration of, like, working through it and keeping on living. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't expect it to be kind of like dour, um, oppressive experience. Like, I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be beautiful. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
no, I'm, I have no doubt that, uh, that it, there'll be incredible shows when you, um, when you do prep for like a new project like this, cause this is sonically very different from your, um, your, your other work with the yeah, Alexis and, and gallows, what kind of differs in, in prepping these live shows? Cause is it, um, different stage setups, different instruments, different band members even? I mean, it's going to be different to everything, which is what's exciting about it. You know, just even, um, you know, just like going out with like a, an organ player, like that's like really good and making sure everyone on stage can, uh, like really sing harmonies and, and, you know, even to try and accomplish what we did on the record, like, I think I might need a second drummer, like, or like a dedicated percussionist. And, uh, so that is certainly not something that has been, uh, uh, part of any of my previous bands and, and, uh, yeah, like getting a, like a lap steel player and, uh, and, you know, even for myself, like maybe am I playing acoustic guitar the whole time or like what, what is it going to look like? And, and so it's an opportunity to do something entirely different. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I really, uh, we'll see, like, I'm going to start beginning to, to, to get everything going with that, but I'd really like it to be exactly what was done on the record, which is a lot of instrumentation. So it would be nice to go play out with like a large band, like, seven people or something like that that would be very cool i can imagine some of those songs um even though oh god i'm trying to think of what it was there are some songs on the record that are that they're a little bit softer a little bit more sparse but i can imagine with a full band of seven piece band almost that they um yeah they would really be lack of a better term bringing the record to life yeah and i think it's just uh it's the songs also lend themselves to, I think, uh, some experimentation. And, uh, I certainly, as much as I'd like to, you know, recreate what we've done, there's a, there's also an incredible opportunity to go like, to go off on some tangents and play things a lot looser. And, uh, that certainly hasn't lent itself to any of my other projects. So that's very exciting as well. Yeah, of course. The, the record, um, and in in the spirit of like jamming, uh, kind of trying things out, as we mentioned, the Grateful Dead are uh, a big influence on this this record. Have you always been like a? I believe they called. I could get. I could have this wrong. I believe they call themselves Deadheads. Um, have you always been a Deadhead, or is this something that you came to a little bit later? No, it's definitely something I found myself in later. Um, but it's one of those beautiful things where you, you know, if you're like a very big music fan and you, you come across something that has the hugest catalog and it's the most exciting thing to, you know, work your way back through it. And as far as that band, like there's no greater chasm or a black hole of music to like dive into. And, uh, so yeah, when I fell into it, like I felt very, very hard and, uh, it's, uh, it's endlessly fascinating and uh and yeah they're i guess i'm a bit of a later to the game on the whole thing <laughs> but uh, they're not a um i feel like they're not the 
they are a great band, but they're not the easiest band to get into, if that makes sense. Like, there's no, no kind it's, of... No, it's not easy to get into, I think. Uh, yeah. Because, and because it's so culturally, like, big, I think everyone has maybe a... has an idea of what it is um, that they make up from film or, you know, snapshots of hippie culture or the way the logos look or whatever, or what people think psych music is. And I think I always assume they, I always assume it would be something vastly different than it actually is. So I think it's very kind of off putting to the first time when you hear it and it's, you know, like very nice, jangly, sweet Americana. Cause it's not what I think most people are anticipating. <laughs> It is. There definitely are some tracks where it's not. I wouldn't have associated if I didn't know or hadn't been told. I wouldn't have associated with the Grateful Dead. For yourself, Wade, uh, the imagery of of Doom's children kind of does lean into. I feel like it's almost like a perfect balance of like Grateful Dead kind of hippie culture, but also previous projects that you've worked on in terms of like the album cover, some of the the artwork that's come out so far. Was it important for you to be able to have, um, I guess, imagery or, uh, yeah, imagery that played into to what the music was but was still quintessentially like you, yourself, was Wade? Yeah, very much so. And I think even, like, the name. So I think, you know, the aesthetic and the name of it is very much... Uh, I think what people maybe would assume is something I would be involved in. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, stylistically, you know, a lot of it maybe could look like it's a, it's a heavier record or the name would maybe lend you to lead you to believe that it's, a, it's like a stoner rock band or something like that. And, um, but that's where I wanted it to stop. Um, so I, I like the juxtaposition of, uh, of yeah, aesthetically and uh, um, especially the name of it, sounding like it could be something very brash and uh, it being the antithesis of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's certainly like it is... Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly love all that stuff, and I, you know, I, I've grown up in a community that is um, musically like very anti-authoritarian and very like aggressive in its its output and uh, like visually shocking and and uh, I very much love I love that stuff. You know, it's the the kind of art and culture I've always been drawn to, um, especially when I was younger was was exactly that was art that was very confrontational and wasn't for everyone uh so i like i like that it's almost you know it's it's it feels tied to that but it's almost misleading in a certain way you know and uh musically people always want something to be one definitive thing you know and uh so I hope 
especially, you know, like with, with my own music. And I hope this is just another step further to kind of like destroying those ideas of what people think uh, the songs I should writing, the songs I'm writing should be, or, uh, yeah, just dispelling those ideas of what and who I am and, you know, what is possible musically and just, uh, hopefully eventually get to a point where people can just listen openly and, uh, not have any preconceptions about it. A hundred percent. I am. Well, I think we've said Alexis, we've said Gallows, we've got Doom's Children. You've written music for film, I believe. Um, you've written, you composed music for, for video games. Um, and just as like an extension of that, do you kind of see yourself wanting to potentially in the future, you know, continue to, to push people's perceptions of uh, your music and what you can do? Can we expect like a, a Wade country album or a bluegrass or jazz album or something? I mean, you know, I think I've always just got to try and do what feels authentic to me. Um, what is very nice about working like in film and television and on some of the video game stuff I've worked on is that, you know, it lends itself to writing for that kind of stuff and uh, with a very specific purpose, you know, where, whereas it's like, uh, you know, in, in the last film I scored random acts of violence, you know, like there's this, there's a scene where the main character and, his partner getting ready to go on this road trip and you know, they're in their like Toronto condo packing and the, the record players playing in the background and, and, you know, talking to the director and just kind of watching the scene. I felt like it should be something like joy division or almost a little bit like the Smiths or something. And, uh, and that's certainly music I love. Um, but it's it's really wonderful to be able to write specifically for that, like with a real purpose, as opposed to just like trying trying that on and trying to like make a full record of that and just like and go tour and play it and like because I think that stuff has its moments in Alexis or Gallows and my songwriting, you know. There's there's definitely uh, like moments of that post punk stuff I love, but. Um, to be able to like go that deep into it is and do something that sounds like very much like how soon is now or something is, is a, uh, is like a really, tr is a real treat. And it's nice to, I think that maybe will keep me on track a little bit more with not going too off the deep end. Mm -hmm. um, but also in the context of a film, like it's, it's what it needs to be. It's the music, the music is whatever, like the picture kind of demands, it needs to be. So whether that be like a, you know, George Jones kind of country song, like, like hopefully I get to write something like that for a pur like for a purpose. Yeah, of course. It, um, I feel like that the musical output so far that you have had kind of, as we've said, it does cover a lot of ground and I am curious to see where I guess future Doom's Children records might go and also where that might then tangent off to as well. Well, yeah, I think everything, uh, everything informs the next project I'm working on, you know, like I'm, I learned a lot making these records and I'm, 
and I'm sure I'll apply that to like the next record that I'm working on, whatever project that's going to be. Um, and yeah, it's like it's inspiring to be able to do these different things and bring over ideas. And um, even just like, you know, like for example, as when Alexis released some new music a few summers ago and, you know, we were talking about writing something very, very long and like sprawling and and we put out the song Season of the Flood, which is like probably something like close to nine minutes. And there's about a minute and a half of that that's just like soundscape. And I think, uh, you know, which I did when everyone left the studio one night. And, uh, you know, I think if you like listen to that with the understanding that I've made a bunch of sound or being aware of like the soundtrack work I've done, like it makes a lot more sense. And even just like creating the like atmosphere of the beginning of that song is something I wouldn't have been able to do until I worked on a few different films. Yeah, definitely. It um so it all bleeds into each other for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wade, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. And uh congratulations again on Doom's Children. The album is out tomorrow and uh we look forward to hopefully seeing you in Australia soon. Fingers crossed. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Wade McNeil for his time. Doom's Children is out now, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy or stream the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Amy at Deathproof PR for helping out with today's interview. You can find a link to our Spotify playlist in the show notes, where you'll be able to listen to all of our guests' picks. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Thursday and Friday morning with guest playlists streaming on Spotify at the same time. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Cheers.